Bless the Lord. Let's come around the Word of God and let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, so present with us already this morning. We pray for people who are away already traveling. We just commit them to you. We pray they'll travel safe. Have a wonderful Christmas. Lord, as we come now around your Word, I pray that you'd speak in our hearts. Let your Word do the talking. Let your Word penetrate our hearts. Let's not just go through a routine but Lord, let us really open our hearts and minds to you and give you our attention in these few moments on this beautiful day. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to continue on, if we can get the PowerPoint up. I want to continue on from what I started sharing two weeks ago on the pathways of life, something that has always been strong in my heart and mind to think about and to contemplate the journey of faith that we have, the journey of life itself. And in the previous um, message that I spoke two weeks ago, if I can get this to work, we talked about a couple of pathways, the pathway of pride, the pathway of brokenness, and the pathway of sweetness, maintaining the sweetness in our life. You know, just because we become a Christian doesn't mean we're perfect yet, but we're all on a journey. We can still be born again and filled with the Spirit of God, but still carry a prideful heart that causes us to journey in such a way that we really don't journey in a sense of brokenness. The second path we talked about, the pathway of brokenness, which is not in the sense of being broken and destroyed, but the sense of being broken and humble and having a contrite heart. Having a heart that is submitted unto God, that is thankful to God, that is appreciative, that shows appreciation and having a grateful heart to God, and that overflows in the way we relate and share with other people. The third pathway we talked about was the pathway of sweetness, how that the devil would so often come, if he can take the sweetness out of your spirit, if he can take the joy out of your heart, he can rob you of your joy, you become an aberration or a contradiction to what Christianity is actually all about. And uh, the world has so often flagged what so many Christians look like. They should be carrying the love and the joy and the sweetness of the Spirit, but so often they're carrying an expression of condemnation, grumpiness, legalistic attitudes, rather than a beautiful, sweet spirit that truly overflows the love of God. I want to take it further this morning and just talk about even probably more the grander or the greater pathway of our life and that we really, really uh, please God in these things. I just want to read this scripture to you. It's on the screen for you. But for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right and you smooth out the path ahead of them. It is absolutely certain... And it greatly troubles me that some people think that finding God's will in your life or the path of God for your life is actually a difficult thing. A lot of people complicate it and start to write about it and read about it and talk about it and ponder over it. And they take something that is really quite simple and turn it into a complicated process where finding and walking in God's will is such a difficult thing and people get all stressed out and people get all overwhelmed and, and they feel heavy and depressed because I can't find the will of God for my life and yet 
Here we read in the word, you are a God who does what is right and you smooth out the path ahead of me. I want to tell you that if you don't know the real pathway of your life and you haven't discovered it yet, keep going because, and ask God to help you because he will show you the path that is ahead of you. He will show you the path that is before you. Some more scriptures here. Good understanding gives favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. The pathway of transgression is a hard way, but in Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God wants to show you the way. If you stumble down, you know, we have a thing in Australia that a lot of we just take for granted, especially in Queensland, that uh, if we walk around in the dark on a summer's night, there's these big, ugly-looking things that jump around on the ground. They sit under the street lights, and who knows what they're called? Cane toads. But do you know that the rest of the world and where we've travelled, people are in fear and dread of cane toads, and they're in fear and dread of snakes, and fear and dread of, of they think, sharks literally come up on the land and eat people and <laughs> crocodiles and <laughs> all this kind of thing. But we used to walk around in the dark and you never know what you're going to tread on. My wife is not really happy about walking into the kitchen in the dark to get a drink in the middle of the night and stepping on a cockroach. And don't tell me there's no cockroaches in your house because sometimes there just happens to be one. It happened just that recently. But in God's pathway he has for your life, he puts a light on. Isn't that good? He puts a lamp to your pathway. And God makes a way clear for you that you can walk in it. The way of the transgressor, transgressor is hard. The transgressor, yes. Loss of joy, depression, confusion, and a huge internal battle happens when we transgress and try to find the will of God. Everyone in this room, we know that sometimes we struggle in our character and in our journey, and we find that then life and our pathway becomes really quite difficult. But God has got a wonderful pathway for your life. When I was in Bible college years ago now, who's heard of Andrew Evans? He was like our national superintendent. And so here we are sitting in Bible college, and Andrew Evans is going to lecture us for a whole week. So he stands up there the first Monday morning, and we're all excited, young Bible college students. We've all got our notepads out, and we're taking notes. And then Andrew Evans stands up, and he asks this simple question. What is the greatest purpose for the Christian in all of their life? What is the greatest thing you can do in all your life as a Christian? So we're all there as Bible college students, and you know, he's the national superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Australia, so we're all thinking, well, I'm going to have to come up with a really great answer, so everyone's put up their hand and they're saying all these incredible things that people need to do, and you know, you know, we're waxing eloquent about being a worshipper before the holy throne of God and all these things, you know, we're all raving on all these things, and because we're thinking, we've got to really cut the mustard this morning. This is the national president of our movement. Surely we need to say something good. And he said, most of you, what you've said is okay, but he said, you've massively complicated it. He said, this is the most important thing you need to do in your whole life. It's this. Find the will of God and do it. <laughs> as simple as that. Find the will of God and do it. 
if I can put that into this morning's message, is find God's path for your life and walk it. It's as simple as that. And it's not even hard to find it. And we know the path will lead us in different ways through our life. But the most important thing you can do in all of your life is know what God wants you to do with your life and do it. You know, God has prepared it. Look in Psalm 139, this beautiful scripture. 130, yeah. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. This is what God has done for you and I. They were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Listen, we need to understand that God has got a perfect and a beautiful plan for our lives. He's got a a completely mapped out pathway for our life, the will of God for our life, and he wants us to find it, and he wants us to walk it, and he wants us to know that he has put incredible thought into it, and he is not, God never gets suddenly stressed out or frustrated and gets it all in the dithers like we do, like, you know, like, you can put your keys down one minute and 30 seconds later you can't find your car keys or am I the only one? Come on, fess up. And if you're young and it's already happening, let me let, me let you in for something. It doesn't get any easier. <laughs> and yet God says, I put incredible thought into your journey, into the number of your days. I knew everything about you when you still didn't even have any form Hardly anything in your mother's womb, I knew you. And there were so many thoughts that God had for you and for me that were more than the grains of sand that could not be numbered. And I looked at that very last bit there. It says, and David says all this stuff, and then he says this really strange thing at the very end. He says, and when I awake, I'm still with you. <laughs> I thought about that. It's a bit like a husband, you know, when you wake up in the morning and your wife's laying there beside you, you just say, thank God I'm still with you. (laughs) But it's like, here is this beautiful creature lying beside me and maybe I just dreamt and then I wake up and there she is. But I'm trying to crack a joke here, but anyway... But David is saying, you know what, it's not a dream. I'm still with God. When I wake in the morning, all those things are true. All those things are true. Because who knows that sometimes we think God's a million miles away and none of it's true. Be honest. Have you ever had that thought? Of course we have. But David says, when I wake up in the morning and I realize all these things, I'm still with you, God. And you've got me covered. You've got my my pathway, my journey completely mapped out. You've ordained all my days through all these thoughts. God has a path for our lives and a way for us to walk. It's unique, perfectly fitted for us. 
We can choose our way, but it's much harder. But those who walk with a broken and a contrite heart, who resist human pride and self-focus, can find God's plan and purpose and will for their life. You know, God sees over. God sees beyond. You know, there's this amazing creation, this digital technology, age of technology we live in now, and they've created these things, and I'm sure many of you have heard of them, called drones. You can go down to the store and buy a drone. Who knows what I'm talking about? People flying them around, you know. There's, there's guys flying, flying fishing lines with baits hanging off them 300 metres out into the sea and they've got a camera on it and they're watching on their iPad and they can see a big school of tuna underneath so they tip the drone forward with the controls and drop the bait right into the school of tuna. Serious. And then the, there's a guy standing on the beach with a big fishing rod connected to that and then you look at him and he's pulling in this massive tuna. The thing about a drone is that you can, you can just go, just get a bird's eye view. You can see over. You can see now. Yeah, we know we could get a guy to fly around in a helicopter, but now it's within every person's power to have a drone with a camera and you can fly that thing. And I'm thinking about getting one and standing on my back veranda and flying that drone down to go down and check my bees for me. Because it's a steep hill. I can just... Fly the drone around the big gum trees, watch it on my laptop, and then fly along the front of all the beehives and see how they're all doing. It's limitless. Of course, there was a guy in America who had a drone and he was flying it around, checking up and down the street of all his neighbours, and who knows that in America a lot of people have guns. Some of them have shotguns. So one guy didn't like the fact that his neighbour up the street kept flying his drone down past the front of his house and then along the side of his house. So one day he's sitting there waiting for it and he blew it out of the sky. Some people have drones and they fly them out over water and they just press one wrong button and they're in the water. But you know one of the greatest problems they're having out in western, all the outback areas of Australia with drones, and I'm, don't worry, I'm getting somewhere with this, is that they started selling them to farmers who could stand in their, outside their, their homestead and fly all over their property and check to see if there was water in all the, the cattle water troughs so they didn't have to get in a vehicle and drive all over the place. They could just fly their drone. Oh, yeah, there's water in that one, up to the next one. Only one thing they didn't calculate. Wedge-tailed eagles. I saw some footage on the ABC website of huge wedge-tailed eagles just taking out drones. And you... When they re recovered the drone, the footage is still on the, on the, on the camera. Oh, next thing, the drone's just cruising like this. Bang. <laughs> Where am I getting to? You know, once I was in Estonia, right up in northern Europe, and there was a young woman came and stood at the altar for prayer, and I was using an interpreter. And as she stood before me, God gave me a vision. And it was literally like, I could see a bird's eye view of her life and it's like in the sense of the drone. You go up and then you can see over. You can see God's perspective. When you can see over, you start to be able to see what God can see. And in this picture God showed me, here she is, and it's like a bomb had gone off. There's just rubble everywhere. Just unbelievable rubble. 
And here she is trying to get climbing over concrete and down through holes in the ground and just this structural stuff just scattered everywhere. It's literally like a bomb zone. And here's this poor girl, and I'm looking down watching her, and she's trying to find her way through all of this. But beyond the rubble, there's this beautiful smooth pathway going beyond. When you can see what God sees... It doesn't matter how much rubble's in front of you. He knows your pathway is still there. It's just beyond. And sometimes we we get so consumed with the things that go down in our lives and the things that go wrong, and they just look like a complete another. And when we look from our perspective, all we can see is devastation and confusion and rubble. But God can still see your pathway. And that day when I was prophesying this to this young woman, this is what the Lord told me to tell her. Yes, there's all the rubble and you can't see, but keep going because you're going in the right direction and you're going to get through the rubble and then you're going to be back on a smooth pathway again. I found out her story a little bit later and I won't go into all of that, but her life was really in a devastated state. But God was saying to her, Just because everything's gone pear-shaped in your life, your pathway is still there. And you'll get through it and you'll get to it because God can see over. Just like you can see stuff with a drone. Isn't that amazing? I remember some young guys in our church up in Townsville years ago and they were messing with a few things and they were starting to really get associated with the world and with some things that weren't really good. And one morning I had a dream and I was standing on a cliff and I don't dream very much, especially spiritual dreams. I don't have them very often. But I was like I was on a very high cliff and I could see these boys and they were swimming in the sea below me. It was the cliff right on the edge of the sea. And as I looked down and I saw them swimming the sea, I could see just out a bit further from them was a huge shark in the water. But because they were in the water, and they were down at that level, they couldn't see. Who's seen footage of sharks and whales and that? When you get up, you can see down into the water. And here were these, and I'm, I'm right up on the top of the cliff and I'm shouting to these boys, you know, get out of the water, get out of the water. There's a shark, there's a shark. But they couldn't hear me, and they couldn't see the shark, and I'm watching this shark swim straight toward these boys, this huge shark, and then I woke up. And I told them. I said, I think God's trying to tell you something. That you, you're just splashing around thinking you're having a wonderful time, but you don't know that there's such incredible danger so close to you, you're about to be taken out by the things you're messing with. If you don't get out of it, it's going to take you out. You see, God sees over, and yet he has still a perfect plan for our lives. There's another story I could tell about this. I like telling stories. Years ago up in Cape York, I was with some guys. I had my son, my eldest son with me. He was about 11 years old. And we were barramundi fishing in an incredibly remote place. And we fished right through the afternoon. We're about two probably three, four kilometres from, um, from our camp, right up the river. And I got stung in the water. We had a little swim in a narrow, rapid place where we knew there wouldn't be a crocodile, so shallow. 
But I swam up this little rocky little channel where there's a little waterfall. And as I got right near the water, suddenly I felt something hit against my arm really hard. And I, I jumped straight up out of the water and I saw this brown thing sort of fall over and flat back in the water. And I looked down at my arm. I still got the scar there today. was bleeding. There's a great huge gash in my arm and blood pouring out of it. But that wasn't half the issue. The rest of it was I was in intense pain. The whole thing swelled up immediately and went blue. And I could feel the poison going, literally going up my arm. And we were like three kilometres from the camp and who knows how far from the nearest town, which was Weeper. And so we, we walked all the way back down to the camp and I'm struggling, I'm in agony. My whole arm's going up like a balloon. I took my wedding ring off because it was getting so tight. And I'm thinking, what on earth? And we got down there, we hurriedly packed up camp because the other guys were saying, we've got to get you to a doctor. We don't know what's bitten you. We don't, but you're, you know, my arm was like swelling enormously. And we set out, and by the time we packed up camp, it was starting to get dark. But we had bush-bashed our way into where we were, so there was no road. We just followed a bit of a track with a handheld GPS. Well, no, we didn't even have that back then. And we tried to get out of there through the bush out to the road in the dark, and all that happened was we got lost. And so by about 11 o'clock that night, from wandering around in the bush, trying with a car and someone shining their torches to find the road, we were lost and I just said, okay guys, we're going to have to stay here the night and just sleep and wait till the morning. And after about six hours, my arm was like a balloon, but the pain had, had subsided. When we got up in the morning, who knows what happens in the morning? The sun comes up. There's light. You can see. And we're about 200 metres from the road. It's a bit like the guy who fell over a cliff and he's hanging onto a branch in the middle of the night. Some of you have heard me tell this story. And he's hanging in the middle of the dark as he fell over the cliff and he's screaming out. He's saying, help, somebody help me. Here's nothing. Cries out again, help me, somebody help me. And then he hears a voice booming down from heaven saying, yes. Who is it? Who is it? This is God. Help me, God. God says, let go of the branch. Long silence. Is there anybody else up there? But in the morning, his feet were two feet from the ground. You see, you might not be able to see because of darkness, because of rubble, because of whatever's going down. But I want to tell you, God can see and he knows the pathway of your life. Who can say amen? He will show you and he will open the way and he will lead you. It's not always easy and transitions are hard and things can be challenging. But I want to tell you, one thing I know this, that God will always work it out. He knows the path of your life. And you need to hold on to him, especially when you cannot see the way or you think it's rubble and destruction, you need to hold on to him. Who can say amen to that? The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever till the full light of day. Proverbs 4.18. If you've lost the way, stop and wait for the light to shine again in your way. He can see over from above. There's always another perspective from above. you just got to hold on to God. Amen? He's going to work it out.
trouble is we try to work it out and then we get into trouble. I want to read another scripture to you. Do not fret because of evildoers. Oh, I can barely read that. What if I look there? That's a good idea. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret because of him who prospers in his way or because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Stop being angry or cease from anger and forsake anger. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Let me just give you a quick little comment through this because I think in this scripture is contained the perfect way to, continue, to find and continue in the pathway that God has for your life. Don't fret. Listen, worry takes about the same amount of energy as faith. So what should you be doing? Hello? Someone answer me, please. Faith. If you're going to exert energy, put your energy into faith... And trusting God, don't fret, don't get discouraged, put your energy into faith. Trust in the Lord and do good. This means to believe that God does have a path for your life and believe you, uh, believe him that he will show it, that he will identify it, he will make it. If you feel lost, you know, just keep trusting in God and doing what is good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Just continue along in the way that he has. Because like that picture I told you of that prophetic word, there is a clear pathway beyond what you can already see. Take delight or delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. This has always been a much bandied promise. And yeah, we can just take it glibly and say, okay, if I trust in God, he'll just give me everything that I desire. Well, it's... I think it's not quite that simple because you might, in your natural self, desire things that are really just quite selfish and quite materialistic or from a consumeristic kind of an attitude. But I think what this really means is that when I worship God, when I delight myself in him, when I'm a lover of Jesus and I spend time in his presence, there's something happening. It's called the download. The download of God's purposes and plans for my life. You know what I really think, for me, this has been my journey, that then what I desire is totally synchronized with his desires. Then the things that well up within me to do and how to serve him and the pathway I should walk, they are exactly the desires that God has for your life. I want to tell you, the will of God is not formed in, from the outside of your life, it's formed within you. There's a big difference. You know, you can run around all over the place and people do it looking for a prophetic word. I believe in the prophetic word. But the greatest way to get the pathway of God for your life is to let it form within you. And then when it keeps welling up within you and it won't go away and it won't go away, stop saying, oh, that's just me. Some of you may have dreams and visions and thoughts in your heart that you've carried in your heart for years and you keep pushing them down and suppressing them think, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm just trying to copy somebody else. But if you're a worshipper of Jesus, 
He will give you the desires of your heart. So the things you're desiring are his desires. Give in to it and start to put some faith to it and believe that if God's put his desire within you and they're synchronized with yours, then he's going to bring it to pass. Amen? That's the way to receive it in your life. Then commit your way to, to him. Trust in him and he will bring it to pass. Who's ever found when things aren't working out, we just, especially us blokes, you know, just give me a bigger hammer. That door's closed, give me a bigger hammer. I'll get it open. Who's found doing a big old, round, I can't even do a roundhouse. <laughs> Who knows what a roundhouse is? <laughs> Who's found that trying to roundhouse your way through life doesn't really work? In God's pathway and in God's plan, he will bring it to pass. Amen. We've got to trust him, commit our way to him, delight ourselves in him. See, I've underlined all the things we need to do. Stop worrying. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. These are all action things that we need to do. And when we do these things, God responds back to us and he forms that purpose in our heart. And I love this where it says, he will bring it to pass. You can be doing all the roundhouse kicks you like. All you're going to do is hurt your foot. If God opened the door while you're doing a big roundhouse, you'd probably go flying through and end up on your back. (laughs) Okay. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Lord, give me patience and I want it now. It's hard to just wait. You know, we think it's all going to happen in a day, but who's found out that God is never in a hurry? He's not. He's not in a hurry. So rest in him. Wait patiently. And don't fret about what is happening in other people's lives. Don't get focused on what other people's prospering, whether it's good, bad, evil or otherwise. Just rest in God. Somehow you've got to believe what David wrote, that God knew you in your mother's womb and that he mapped out all the days of your life. You've got to believe that. And that's where your resting comes from. Then he goes on to say, don't be angry, don't be angry, don't be angry. And once again, don't fret. Starts with don't fret and finishes with don't fret. God will start out saying to you, don't worry. And then when he gets to the end of what he's saying to you, he'll tell you again, don't worry. It's all good. He's got it. Who can say amen? Okay. Nearly through this pathway of life. So... I get knocked down, but who's heard the song? It's a favourite rugby league song, you know. I get knocked down, but I get up again. And I know the rest of it, but I remember hearing that bit. It's a bit of a contemporary rock song, and, you know, they love playing it at the start of the footy, but it's pretty true. You, you do get knocked down, don't you, Joe? But you get up again. And the difference between people who break through and find the pathway of God and continue on it and fulfill everything that God has for their life, it's not about getting knocked down because every single one of us at some time will get knocked down. Look at the scripture. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That's the pathway of good people. The plan is ordered by God. And he delights in his way. God delights in your way. And even though you fall, you won't be utterly... Cast down, for the Lord will uphold you 
with his hand. Isn't that great? You know what? He says, I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. The difference in our lives and the difference in people's journey, it's not about getting knocked down. It's whether you get up again. And it's whether you really believe. There's people here right in this room right now. There's men in this room. You need to hear this. You've been knocked down. But God, you, you start getting up and God is right there to take you by the hand and lift you up. I know the Holy Spirit is encouraging people about that. I get knocked down. David wrote these words. Have you ever read the story of David's life? Like, he starts out, he's the youngest of eight brothers. He's got seven other flipping monster brothers, you know, and they're all in the army, and David's looking after sheep. They all wanted to be the king. And what is David doing out there? He's just taking out bears and lions and nobody's even interested. Until one day his dad says to him, take this bag of cheese and bread and go down to the battle and come back with a report and tell me what's going on. So here comes this kid. The Bible said he is small and red-faced, a bit like me. (laughs) Small and (laughs) red-faced. He goes down there with his bag of cheese and bread for his big moron brothers and... They're all hiding in the tents, afraid of Goliath. And David comes down there like a kid. Remember, he's already killed a lion and he's already killed a bear. And then he sees this giant. And, you know, we know the rest is history. David goes out there, takes on this giant, knocks him flat. And the king had said, whoever kills this guy can marry my daughter, you know. So next David's killed a giant, marries a princess. And then he joins the army. And then the king... Gets jealous of him because all the women are dancing. You know, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain, slain 10,000. And the king gets all messed up about it. And so he decides he's going to kill David. David just suffered and attacks came against him. But he, he got knocked down, but he got up again. The king tried to kill him. And he could have killed the king, but he just cut a piece of his cloth off and waved it to him. Because <laughs> he didn't want to kill God's anointed. And then he had so many difficult experiences. David's battles and David's struggles, some of them, of his greatest battles were with himself. He had terrible issues and struggles and God still brought him through and David is still recorded as a man after God's own heart. Listen, there's not a person who's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus that's still perfect. One day we will reach that place. But David was incredibly trusting in God and he was incredibly victorious, but he still had issues in his life, but God loved him because he always had a repentant heart and he kept coming back to God. David got knocked down, but he got up again. He could have been destroyed. He could have just given up many, many times. You know, one time David comes back with all his men, comes back to the stronghold and the Philistines had come and stolen all their wives and their children and everything they had. And all the men came back with David and all their wives and children were gone. They were all taken captive. And all the men got really cranky with David and they were going to stone him and, and they were just talking murderous thoughts to, about David, their leader. David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. 
every man and his sons for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I get knocked down, but I get up again. And you know, they went out, and they caught up with those enemies, and they put them to the sword, and every one of them got their wives and their sons and their daughters back, and all their stuff, everything was completely recovered, because David encouraged himself in the Lord. So, in your journey, and in my journey, that pathway of life that is mapped before us, there's a way to discover it, there's a way to walk in it, but what we need to really understand is just like that story I told you in the beginning. It doesn't matter what bombs go off in the journey. It doesn't matter how knocked down you get in the journey. God sees over and God sees beyond. He sees the pathway back to Psalm 139. He made the plan for your life. He made the plan. He numbered the days. He made the specific date details. His thoughts about your plan are more than the sands of the sea. And so as a believer and someone who trusts in God, yes, you might be walking a smooth pathway right now. You might be just dancing along on the pathway of the will of God for your life, and that's fantastic. But you might be, like that young woman, you might be standing in a pile of rubble where you can't see the pathway before you. You might be here this morning, you might feel like I've just been knocked, up, knocked down and I don't know if I can get up again. But I want to tell you that the pathway of life, the will of God for your life is rock solid and it is there before you. What did we read in Psalm 37? Don't worry. And at the end of it, don't worry. Press in. Be patient. Hold on to God. Trust in the Lord. Trust in him and he'll bring it to pass. God will bring you back onto the pathway and the journey for your life. It's a sure as anything. Julie, can you come? I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to people's hearts about this today. Some of you. I know because it's humanity, not just because I'm a pastor or your pastor, but I know that some of the things that we wish were all happening now, they're not happening, and the frustrations and all the things that are going down, they're real. But God doesn't need a drone. <laughs> Amen. He's above. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He was before you were conceived. He's long beyond the end of your human span. You know that tells me? If I give my life to Him, He's got me covered. Amen. He's got me covered. And if I just keep being like David, just coming back to him and walking with him and putting my trust in him, he's always going to bring me through. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Let's just pray. But I get up again. Oh, I get up again. son or daughter of God get up again there's a hand reaching out to you it's the hand of God get up 
It's not over. He's saying, oh, if you could see the devastation of my life. I can't see it, but God can. Take his perspective. He can see beyond. He can see the path of your life. He can see a clear path beyond whatever's there. Other people here, those rotten people, what they did to me, anger, frustration, worry. David says, don't. Cease from anger. Stop worrying. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. He's got you covered. Who can say amen? He's going to do it. I'd say it's all right for you, Pastor Barry, standing up there saying all this. If you had my, no, I've had my journey too, I can tell you. Every single one of us. But let me pray for you this morning. Let's, let's, let's come to him with a humble and a contrite heart. Let's just come to him with a heart that says, God, you know the pathway of my life. You don't have to tell God all about it. He knows it all already. But just let me pray for you, wherever you are, whatever that situation is in your life. Father God, right now, in Jesus' name, pray for every person, for where they are on that pathway. I pray for those who are trying to work it out and struggling with the circumstances and trying to figure it all out. God, you've got it. And I pray for them, Lord, that they'll just rest, trust, Keep doing good, living in the land, fulfilling purpose and plans and being rock solid and holding on to God. Lord, I pray that people today as they hear, that the pathway is smooth beyond this moment, that they'll hear it, Lord, and they'll take it and they'll receive it. That even though they can't see it, Lord, you can. You can see it. Pray for people who, Lord, need peace to come into their spirit peace to come into their mind it's Christmas (laughs) Lord I pray that this season for every person be a season of rest and peace and trust that God's got it for those who are this morning reaching out to you as they start to get up taken by the hand Lord in this moment let them sense that God has got them by the hand And they will not be utterly cast down. They'll not be utterly forsaken. For you will uphold them by your hand. Pray for healing and hurts that would steal them from purpose. That those things will be laid at the foot of the cross. And that they'll take back from you the peace and the strength. People that need to forgive. People that need to let go. People holding on to things. Lord, I pray, give them grace and strength to just say, you know what? It's a new day, and I'm not going to live in this moment any longer. I'm going to trust you, Lord, and I'm going to let you bring me through. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Be encouraged.